We'll take your Bible and turn with me to John chapter 13. Would you? John chapter 13, the Gospel of John. And uh, I suppose I should get there too, huh? John chapter 13. When uh, faced with difficulty, when you face uncertain outcome of difficulties and challenges you face in your lives, are you often guilty, as probably most of us are, of choosing to deal with your difficulty in your own strength first? Choosing to deal with the, the difficult decision in your own wisdom first, rather than trusting the Lord? Is that something you're prone to do? We, we can still do that, even though we're familiar with what the Bible says about this. And I'm going to read a, a couple of passages before we get to the Gospel of John. Uh, but I want you to hear these words, and you may know these words very well. You may take these words to heart, and you hear them, and you say, yeah, I know that truth. I believe that truth. As uh, Proverbs 3, 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. And Psalm 62 and verse 8, trust in Him at all times. O people, pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. And these wonderful words from Isaiah 26, verses 3 and 4, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for the Lord God is an everlasting rock. I hope you know those promises. I hope you take those promises to heart. I hope you trust in God's Word and you declare with me, I believe that. I believe those truths. I believe God's Word. I trust in the Lord. But there are times when we still fail to trust Him, aren't there? We prove it by the way we behave sometimes, by the way we think, by the words that we say at times, especially when we're facing difficulty And we don't see any good, we don't recognize any good that could come from whatever we're dealing with in the moment, whatever it is we're facing. It's so tempting to do what feels right. That's exactly what Satan wants you to think. Do what feels right. Follow your heart, says the world. And God's Word says, don't follow your heart. Only follow your heart if it's saturated with the Word of God. Only follow your heart if you're devoted to being obedient to God's Word and your heart says, go back to the Word. Believe in God's Word. Believe in God's promises. Trust in the Lord. Have faith in God. So we need reminders like the one we're going to see in the passage before us this morning. And though Jesus would suffer far more than His disciples with the weight of our sins on His shoulders when He went to the cross, and though He was the one who deserved to be comforted from what was going to come into His life in just a few hours, the betrayal of Judas and then the, the trek to the cross, the cruel trek to the cross, Jesus would graciously take time to, to explain to His disciples what lay ahead of them. With all that lay ahead of him, he was taking time to encourage the disciples with what lay ahead of them and to prepare their hearts. 
In verse 33, we heard Jesus our last time here, last Sunday, last Lord's Day. We noticed in verse 33, Jesus tell his disciples, Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. And now we come to verses 36 through verses 38 this morning. And when we look at verses 36 through 38, we hear Peter asking Jesus a question about where he is going. He too would face great difficulty and persecution. Peter would be tested and tried, and to his own shame, he would choose to depend on his own strength. He would do what we do. He would choose to depend on his own wisdom. He would, he would do what felt right in the moment instead of trusting in the Lord. So I want you to look with me at verses 36 through 38. Follow along with me as I read from the English Standard Version. John chapter 13, verse 36. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. After all the time the disciples had spent with Jesus, and the many times Jesus had warned them and taught them and pointed to the fact that he would not always be with them, it seems strange that Peter would ask where Jesus is going and why he cannot come with him. But then, we aren't much different, are we? We actually have the completed Scriptures to hold in our hands and read for ourselves, to have God's Word guiding our lives. And yet, we often find ourselves departing from the truth, doing our own thing, not trusting in the Lord, not having faith in God. We're not much different than Peter. We often find ourselves asking for rescue from trial and relief from suffering, which is fine to ask God for that relief. But when it does, doesn't come immediately, instead of asking for grace and wisdom to endure, when we aren't immediately relieved, we are tempted to start doing our own thing. And sometimes we give in to that temptation and we give in to what feels right in the moment. And depart from the truth of God's Word. Depart from trusting God. Depart from having faith in God. How often we're like Peter. Many of us have been following Jesus for many years. We've heard many sermons preached. Read many Christian books. We have read much of God's Word, I trust. Possibly many times, I hope. I hope you will read God's Word for the rest of your life with every day that God gives you that you'll saturate your heart and mind with the truth of God's Word. But when it comes to the practice of obedience, we act as though 
and we behave as though and make decisions as though we haven't heard the Word of God and we're not reading the Bible and we're not trusting in God and we don't have faith in God's promises. That's how we behave at times. We're all guilty of that, aren't we? So when faced with Jesus' words in verses before us this morning, and in verse 33 especially, Peter responds with an unbelieving question. As if he'd not been with Jesus all along. Not hearing the teaching of God in human flesh all along. It's almost like he hadn't been listening Or was it something else? It seems that Peter was thinking he could handle the hardship that Jesus was headed into. And that he could handle the hardship that he had been warned he was heading into. Doing it in his own strength. Verse 36 says, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Where? Indirectly, When you look at that, you might think, well, and it it seems so, Peter is showing his devotion to and affection for Jesus with this question. I want to go too, or I want to go with you. Where are you going? I want to know. He cares about the Lord. But unfortunately, he also shows his lack of understanding as well as a wrongly placed dependence on his own wisdom and his own strength. So Jesus corrects Peter. And oh, how we ought to be thankful for the correction of the Lord. We ought to be thankful for the correction of God's Word. When you read God's Word and your toes are stepped on, you ought to thank God for that. When God convicts you of something you are not being obedient about, you ought to thank God for that and repent and turn back to following the Lord and His Word. Jesus corrects Peter graciously. Verse 36 again Jesus answered him, Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will follow afterward. Is Peter satisfied with that answer? (laughs) No, he's not. Look at verse 37. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? And then this amazing statement, I will lay down my life for you. Well, since he's been corrected, Peter thinks there must be something he's lacking that he can supply himself if only he knew what it was. Help me understand, Jesus, and I'll do it, and I'll take care of it. I can do this. I'll lay down my life for you. It is God's strength that Peter will find only in trusting fully in the Lord in the face of persecution. He will not be able to face persecution in his own strength. What he needs doesn't come by trying harder or doing better than before. The strength and the wisdom he needs only comes from trusting that God is in control. And God is keeping His promises, and He is working in you if you are His child. It comes from knowing that God knows what is best. Have faith in God. God knows what is best. Peter needed to get that through his head. We need to get that into our hearts and our heads, don't we? And we look at this 
And I think we're often guilty of thinking, poor Peter, my word, I would have never have done that. I would have never have questioned Jesus. Or would we? We do question God at times, don't we? We do question His Word at times with the way that we behave, with the way that we speak and think. You ever find yourself resisting when corrected by God's Word? Or or getting distracted when you read some correcting passage and you quickly think of someone else who's whose life could be greatly helped if they were just reading this passage that you were reading. And what God wants you to get is that that passage that you are reading is for you in that moment to obey God, to trust in His Word. Do you question God? Or maybe you do this. Do you just keep plugging away in your own strength? you just keep trying harder? I'll just try harder. trying harder in your own strength when faced with a challenge that requires your complete trust in God's promises. Your complete trust in His care for His own. In His care for you as His own. If your trust is in Him, if you have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Peter confidently resisted the idea of being separated from Jesus. He was confident that he could handle whatever was coming next. He would lay down his life, he says. Where are you going, he says to Jesus. Why can't I go with you? And he goes even further when Jesus corrects him and says, I will lay down my life for you. Part of Peter's short-sightedness here is that he was misjudging what would be required of Jesus at his death. He did not comprehend what Jesus would be required to endure as God the Father poured out his just wrath for sin on God the Son. Little did he understand the kind of suffering that Jesus would face at the hands of sinful men as a part of God's plan. And so he foolishly declared, he'd go with Jesus all the way. I'll go with you. I'm right there beside you. I'm with you. I'll I'll lay down my life for you. Even dying for his master and teacher. He's devoted, he thinks. In his confusion about where Jesus was going, Peter misjudged his own weakness. And in so doing, Peter thought he could bear what Jesus must bear. He was sincere, but he was sincerely mistaken. Because he was responding from the flesh and not by faith. As one commentator notes, this expression of Peter shows the opinion which we entertain from our very birth, which is that we attribute more more to our own strength than we ought to. The consequence is that they who can do nothing venture to attempt everything without imploring the assistance of God. That's you and me. 
That's you and me at times, isn't it? We'll try anything in our own strength, not even thinking to ask God for his wisdom and for his help if he would bless our efforts. And that was Peter. And so Jesus responds to Peter's heartfelt yet foolish statement in verse 38. That foolish statement, I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, will you? Will you lay down your life for me? And then he gives this statement, this warning to Peter, truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow till you have denied me three times. Be careful, Peter, about depending on your own strength, the strength you think you have. Jesus doesn't argue with Peter. He knows Peter will learn the hard way, just as many of us have to learn the hard way. I've joked in the past about the things that I've said I would never do. And it seems like those are the things God wants me to do. And yet he was patient in getting me there. And when I got there, I looked back and said, I can't believe I said I would never do that. I wished I'd have been compliant. I wished I'd have been humble before the Lord and been quicker to obey. That's us, isn't it? That was Peter. Peter was trusting in the flesh, in his own wisdom, in his own strength. It's also possible he was even fearing what the other disciples were thinking of him. He was possibly afraid they might be thinking he was the one who was going to betray Jesus. And he was trying to convince them too that it wasn't him. But Jesus knew Peter better than Peter knew himself. Peter would, in fact, deny Jesus three times before the night was over. Little did Peter know his own weakness. Little did he understand the strength of the Lord and what Jesus would endure for sinners. And we would do well to heed the wisdom of the Scriptures lest we find ourselves behaving like Peter. This is why we need to read the Word of God for ourselves and hide God's Word in our hearts. This is why we taught children this week in Vacation Bible School the importance of God's Word, encouraging them to memorize Scriptures for themselves. As Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six says, whoever trusts in his own mind is a fool. But he who walks in wisdom will be delivered. That's the wisdom of God that delivers. Peter meant well. But since he was working from the flesh, trusting his own mind, he didn't have the strength or the wisdom at this point in his walk with Christ to follow through on his good intentions. Peter thought of himself as being strong enough to go with Jesus into any difficulty. Come what may, I'll be there with you, was Peter. But he would soon learn, acting in his own strength, how weak he really was. And he would be ashamed. He would be so guilty. And he would grieve later. And this is where we often find ourselves, rather than trusting in the Lord 
in the moment, in the face of hardship. We're so quick to trust in our own understanding. We're so, so quick to trust in, in what we think we have as our own strength. And then it's not long, if the Lord is gracious, it's not long after we soon discover how weak we are and how needy we are and how much help we need when we aren't depending on Christ. Part of Peter's problem was he thought he needed the presence of Jesus in bodily form. He thought he still was going to need Jesus to be with him in in his physical presence, but, but what he truly needed was the presence of Christ in the form of the indwelling Spirit of God, something he didn't understand yet. He would soon receive the Holy Spirit And then, oh my, and then Peter would be transformed with the power of Christ in him, working in him. He would become courageous for the cause of Christ. But it wasn't until he was deeply tried. It wasn't until he was humbled. It wasn't until he was broken and he realized how weak he was. And that's you and me. Oh, how God wants us to quickly turn from our own foolishness in thinking that we know better, in thinking we have the strength to endure, in thinking that we have the wisdom to deal with whatever it is we're facing, not trusting in the Lord's promises, not walking with Christ, not having faith in God. Jesus knew Peter needed to learn to rely on Him not on his own strength, not in his own wisdom. Just as we hear these powerful words from Paul in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12. This powerful warning Paul gives, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. Take heed. Be careful. Peter needed to rely on the strength of the Lord. Peter needed to trust fully in the wisdom of God and trust in God's watch care for him and his control over all things for the sake of God's glory and for the good of his children. And so Jesus encourages Peter and the disciples in verse 36. Look at John 13 and verse 36. Where I am going, you cannot follow me now. But you will follow afterward. You will follow afterward. The disciples may not have been encouraged to hear that they could not follow Jesus where He was going. But they had to be encouraged to hear Jesus say, but you will follow afterward. And he tells them even more, which we're going to see when we enter chapter 14 in verses 1 through 3 next time, where, where Jesus says, go ahead and skip ahead to chapter 14 and look at verses 1 through 3. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. And will take you to myself, that where I am, am you, you may be also. 
What Peter and the other disciples needed was to rest in the Lord and trust in His promises. Sometimes we're in such a hurry to solve our own problems in our own wisdom, we forget to rest in the Lord's promises. We forget to have faith in God so that whatever we face, we can say this with Paul. This is what Peter needed to do. And this is what we need to do to be able to say with Paul, 2 Corinthians 12.10, For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When I am weak, says Paul. In other words, when I quit trusting in my own strength, when I quit trusting and depending upon my own wisdom, when I quit trusting in myself and start trusting in the Lord, I see my greatest abilities, my greatest strengths, my my highest wisdom. I see everything that I think I might be tempted to think that I have as strength and wisdom. I see all that greatest ability as nothing compared to the strength and wisdom of the Lord. When I trust His strength at work in me, says Paul, to do as He commands, that's when I'm strong. That's His strength in me. Oh, Peter would soon reach the kind of dependence on the Lord that we're seeing from Paul in 2 Corinthians 12.10, but he hadn't gained it yet. He wasn't there yet. He wasn't at that level of spiritual maturity yet. Where I am going, you cannot follow me now, says Jesus, but you will follow afterward. You will follow later. Peter will mature. Jesus knows it. He will mature. Jesus knows that Peter, having gained the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence, and when Peter realizes how much he needs to depend on the Lord, in his dependence on the Lord's steadfast care, he will learn that true courage, that true boldness for the Lord, for the one who follows Christ, is trusting in the Lord's strength. Trusting in God's wisdom and resting in the Lord's promises. Now, lest you think that you would never behave like Peter when he was only trusting in his own strength, being tempted to think, well, I would never do what Peter did. J.C. Ryle gives this fitting challenge. Let it be, he says, a settled principle in our religion that there is an amount of weakness in all our hearts of which we have no adequate conception and that we never know how far we might fall if we were tempted. We fancy sometimes, like Peter, that there are some things we could not possibly do. We look pitifully upon others who fall and please ourselves in the thought that at any rate we would not have done so. We know nothing at all. 
The seeds of every sin are latent in our hearts, even when renewed, and they only need occasion or carelessness and the withdrawal of God's grace for a season to put forth an abundant crop. Like Peter, we may think we can do wonders for Christ. And like Peter, we may learn by bitter experience that we have no power and might at all. That's where we need to be. We need to understand that in and of ourselves, we have no power and might at all. Peter's heart may have been in the right place, but it was Jesus who would give his life for Peter, not Peter for Jesus. And your heart may be in the right place. You may face your trials with great self-determination. But when you do, it will be in great weakness. What you must learn is that trusting in your own flesh and your own wisdom is actually weakness. But trusting in the Lord's strength and trusting in the promises of His Word That's where victory is. That's where true courage is found. Charles Spurgeon preached a sermon on 2 Corinthians 12.10 where Paul says, I quoted it earlier, for when I am weak, then I am strong, and concluded his sermon with these words on that passage. Spurgeon said, "When, when was Christ strongest but when he was weakest? When did he shake the kingdom of darkness but when he was nailed to the tree? When did he put away sin for his people but when his heart was pierced? When did he trample upon death and the old dragon but when he was himself about to die? His victory was in the extremity of his weakness, namely in his death. And it must be the same with his trembling church. She has no might. She must suffer. She must be slandered and derided. And so the Lord will triumph through her. The conquering sign is still the cross. Wherefore, brethren, let us be perfectly content to decrease even unto the end that our right royal Lord and King may be glorified, uh, gloriously increase from day to day. Oh, may we glorify God from day to day because we're humbling ourselves before Him, not resting in our strength, but resting in His. And yes, for God's glory, let's depend on God's Word, church. Let's turn again to God's Word. Let's let's read God's Word for ourselves this week and let's devote ourselves to being obedient to the Lord that He might equip us and prepare our hearts for the times of trial that we will face in this life so that when they come, we don't find ourselves weak like Peter in the moment thinking we can handle it, but knowing we must turn back to God's Word in obedience. Let's trust the mighty arm of God and let's rest under His sheltering wing. God is so gracious. Let's have faith in God, as the old hymn says. Have faith in God, though all else fail about you. Have faith in God. He provides for His own. He cannot fail. Though all kingdoms shall perish, He rules. He reigns upon His throne. 
Have faith in God. He's on His throne. Have faith in God. He watches or His own. He cannot fail. He must prevail. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. God. 